Concert Pipeline. My name is Steve Jones. Uh, today on the program, we're going to feature a couple of interviews uh, from back in um, August of 2005 during the Sounds of the Underground tour, and that is Lamb of God and Throwdown. And this is a, a memorable show for me, and um, I'll get in, in just a little bit as to why and tell a little bit of the backstory uh, as to um, you know what you're going to kind of hear on this this episode. But um, but first off, before we get to that point, I want to uh, make sure you follow Concert Pipeline on Twitter, please. Uh, you can follow Concert Pipeline at Concert Pipeline on Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Concert Pipeline pod. Uh, so check us out there. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Um, and uh, we have some really fun shows coming up. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about that. We're uh, most likely going to be covering Bottle Rock, uh, the Bottle Rock Festival in Napa um, at the end of May, um, where there's a lot of um, great bands that will be performing, um, and a lot of bands from uh, from yesteryear, back in the 90s, um, that uh, that are still around, still kicking and, and coming to uh, bring their music to but the Bottle Rock Festival. So a couple of the bands that we have lined up at this point right now with uh, for interviews are Smash Mouth, uh, Tea Leaf Green, Kyle Denson's Tiny Universe, um, and the Spin Doctors. So um, and a, a lot of other fun, I'm sure, uh, from the festival at that point. Um, also, uh, lots of other great uh, shows coming up, and um, and we'll tell you a little bit more about that later. Um, we wanted Joe and I, Joe Wilson and I, want to do the Andrew McMahon um, recording uh, of that memorable, memorable uh, interview that I had with him back in 2005. Um, so, but he wasn't able to make it for this episode. Uh, so, hopefully, within the next week, we'll be able to get together so we can um do that one because there's a lot to talk about there and um and we have a um I mean, a, a common interest in um, Andrew McMahon's musical career. So um so that'll be a really fun one to to listen to. Um, before we get into the meat of the show, which are those uh, two interviews, no musical performances on this show because they wouldn't let us record any um, of the concert from Sounds of the Underground uh, tour. But um, but we have. And trust me, the interview is going to make up for it. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Uh, so uh, before we get into that, let's uh, check out some music news. This music news is brought to you by antimusic.com forward slash day in rock. So thanks to them for um, compiling these stories because they're a great resource for um, the biggest rock news stories that you can uh, uh, get. So uh, first story up is about Elvis Presley. You're probably thinking, what? Could Elvis Presley, what would be news there, right? Uh, well, uh, at this point, it's that Elvis Presley may have died of natural causes. Um, scientists making a TV series say they've unveiled evidence that Elvis Presley was killed by an undetected lifelong heart disorder rather than his unhealthy lifestyle. The king died in 1977 at age 42 after becoming addicted to prescription drugs and junk food. Uh, but a new investigation has suggested that he was suffering from... Uh, 
uh, hypertropic uh, cardio uh, mytho mythopy, um, which causes heart failure by weakening the organ's muscle. Dr. Stephen Kingsmore, a specialist based in Kansas City, examined DNA extracted from a strand of Presley's hair, which had been kept by his barber. He found evidence of variations in the icon's genes known to cause the heart condition and others uh, that may have contributed to the weight, headache, and eyesight problems he suffered toward the end of his life. So, really an interesting story and it's really crazy that they can pull this stuff up from back in 1977 uh even you know i've I've seen shows like forensic files and 48 hours and stuff where they i mean we have the technology now to go back and um, put some of the criminals that we didn't find back in the day in jail and and hold them accountable for the crimes that they've done but who'd think that um, a barber keeping some of elvis's hair uh might give us more information about how he died right i mean that's that's really a really interesting story so um, so that's a fun one. Um, this next one may, uh, is just kind of, I mean, it's really it's smashing pumpkins. Okay. Um, they, uh, they're said to be releasing two albums next year. Um, and already, uh, technology obsessed Billy Corgan has gone one step further uh, today with, uh, the, uh, Panopticon, the official smashing pumpkins, pumpkins, Nexus, a digital hub for all things, pumpkins delivered in nearly re- real time. Corgan launched the site with a big announcement revealing a deal. He recently signed with music giant BMC BMG that will result in two new albums in 2015 monuments to an uh, elegy and day for night pleased to announce that i've just inked a new record deal with bmg that will see the release of two smashing pumpkins albums in 2015 um names them again uh for those interested in sound think guitars 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 and more guitars but more so on the epic side of things say uh grossly metallic recording sessions begin today as plenty of songs have been written and ready to go manning the boards will be producer howard willing uh, with whom i had the first pleasure of working with during the adore sessions we will uh, we expect a uh, single out by year's end. And so, I mean, the kind of the malarkey behind the whole Smashing Pumpkins album thing is just, and maybe you remember this as well, maybe not, but um, back in 2008, um, April 2008, actually, the Smashing Pumpkins said, we may never, may not make another album. So they, uh, they kind of went on um, implying that, uh, you know, they'd be dropping singles a lot sort of thing. They'd put songs up as they get to them. Um, but they probably would never do another full album again. And here they are, um, going into 2015 saying, Oh, we're going to make two albums this year. I don't know. Um, I got to see Smashing Pumpkins live once at the Fillmore, um, and they, they did a three-hour show. Um, yeah, not that big of a Smashing Pumpkins fan, where you know I need three hours of Smashing Pumpkins, especially with their you know mixed lineup of you know some members and uh, uh, some newer members, that sort of thing. It was cool to see them, and Fillmore is the greatest place I've said it before to see a concert. So. Um, so that's fun. Um, it was it was cool to see him, but I left after two hours, so um, I just didn't need that third hour. Didn't need to be there till midnight seeing Smashing Pumpkins. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's a, that's a Smashing Pumpkins story there. 
Uh, next up is the U's. They were, um, we talked about them um, on our last episode because we saw them last week playing with Take Me Back Sunday um, at the Warfield in San Francisco. And a week ahead of the album's release date, which is April 1st, the U's are streaming their sixth uh, full-length um, titled Imagine, Imaginary Enemy, the follow-up to their 2012 release, uh, Venerable. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect planet, must question the way the world works and where the world is heading, says the use frontman Burt McCracken in a statement about the new album. Um, some view uh, art as a way of escaping reality. Others view it, uh, art as a mirror reflect, uh, reflecting our sometimes sad society. We believe art can be a weapon used to shape the very world we live in. Um, and uh, the album opens with Revolution, where McCracken urges, so from now on, I pledge allegiance to a world that's so much different, where no one suffers, everyone is free, revolution starts with me. Um, and so uh, that's that's our new album, Imaginary uh, Enemy. And we saw him play you know, um, some songs from that new album. Uh, really, I mean, really great live stuff. And, and of course, they're classics that, um, that they, they play as well off of the old album. Um, I haven't seen the used in in many years. Um, it's been it's been a long time. But um, I had the chance to interview Burt McCracken, short interview at Warp Tour um, years ago, and saw him passing it another year at Warp Tour. And uh, so um, so seen him a, a couple of times. I saw him also do this really eclectic, weird set at Warp Tour where um, it wasn't the used playing um, that year. He was playing with this other group where the, um, it wasn't. Um, I forget what their name is. It wasn't Stomp, but they were playing like on trash cans and stuff. And he had this weird facial makeup. Um, I forget exactly what the deal was, but he was doing some creative, artistic uh, endeavor that he that he was on at that point. So, um, yeah, he's a really good live performer. And actually, if you go to Concert Pipeline's Facebook page at uh, con- uh, Facebook dot com forward slash Concert Pipeline Pod, uh, then you can actually see some pictures of the used from uh, that show at the Warfield. Uh, so, uh, it's a really good story. Um, all right. So uh, next up on on the music news is. Uh, uh, here's the next story coming up. Uh, it's actually that I'm stalling for time, but I'm not very good at it. Here it is. Uh, Fleetwood Mac is reuniting with Christine McVie for a tour. So they revealed this past week that they're reuniting with Christine McVie this fall for a North American tour, which will feature the full Rumors era lineup. Dubbed the On With The Show tour, the trek is scheduled to get underway on September 30th at the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and conclude on December 20th in Tampa, Florida. Um, And so... uh, um, yeah, yeah, the the tour is going to hit um, California, and it'll hit the the Bay. They're going to actually have it looks like uh, three shows um, at the Bay: um, November twenty fourth in Sacramento, Sleep Train Arena; November twenty fifth, um, San Jose at the SAP Center at San Jose, and then they got some other shows down south, and they're coming back up um, to Oakland on December third at the Oracle Arena. Um, so fans will be happy to learn that the band is all, uh, reportedly also working on a new studio album, according to, according to radio.com. 
It'll be their first album in over a decade, following the release of Say You Will in 2003. Um, and this will be McVie's first tour with uh, the band since she retired 16 years ago. Um, and uh, last fall, McVie surprised fans at London's O2 Arena when she joined the group for a rumors hit, the rumors hit Don't Stop. So they, uh, they kind of, I guess, uh, mended their uh, separations, got together, and decided that, yeah, we should we should do another tour together um you know kind of bury the hatchet after so long so um so yeah so that's uh that's pretty exciting news there all right um so let's go ahead and um let's get into the meat of this show which is uh our two interviews with uh with throwdown as well as lamb of god um i'm gonna hold out on lamb of god for uh right now so we'll um we'll break in here in little, just a little bit, uh, bit to tell a little bit about um what you should expect for that interview because that's kind of the most exciting one so um let's actually jump right into it with uh my interview with dave from throwdown at the sounds of the underground tour any particular bands that you enjoy going and seeing when your guys aren't playing I'll be honest and say that we've we've toured with most all these bands or the ones that we're bigger fans of anyway. So I don't really watch the bands very much. You know, <laughs> just sit I, back and relax yeah. on the tour. Bus. I'm on tour ten months out of the year, so if you can get me to watch a band, then I really like them. I've been watching a Life Once Lost, and I'll go out and I'll do a song with Bob. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, we've we've toured with Lamb of God. Like, I love the band and I love the dudes. We've toured with them, like you know probably four months of the past year and uh i think i've maybe watched them once sorry guys i, I love you to death but I, I i can't bring myself to get away from our tv or uh you know barbecue or whatever to to watch music on this thing so well, that's okay because you had willie from uh, lamb of god come out and uh do a, do a song with you guys today right yeah so now i'm, I'm the jerk right that you know willie comes out <laughs> Yeah, Willie, Willie came out and did a song with us. We we covered uh, Roots and Sepultura, and uh, yeah, um, whenever we can get him up early enough, we'll, uh, we'll we'll drag him out there. We've been talking about doing that for months, so we were we were happy that we got to do it the first time. I think in Arizona, and then we did it today again. So it's been cool. What do you like to do on tour when you're you know traveling from city to city? When we're traveling, I like to sleep. And especially when we're in a bus, I, all I do, I'll sleep, I'll eat, I'll watch TV. I'm just lazy. I'm, I'm, I'm a miserable human when we're on the bus. But, uh, yeah, when we're in the van, I guess it's not much different either, except there's no TV. And uh, I do crossword puzzles. If it's not too bumpy, it kind of makes me, uh, you know, kind of calms me down. It's sort of like my... Uh, yeah, I don't smoke, so that's like my that's my uh, nicotine, you know. I just sit down, I'll do like a New York Times crossword puzzle, I'll relax a little bit. It's a better yeah. habit, it'll kill you a lot slower, huh? Right, right, yeah. I mean, I'll die of boredom maybe, but, you know, I don't have to get cancer from it. So that that's cool, you know. Real heavy metal shit, you know, that crossword puzzles. Oh, man. Life on tour, crossword puzzles. Crossword puzzles, you know, Animal Planet, you know, all the real, like, you know. All the crazy stuff you hear about, you know? You gotta tell them that it's actually, you know, a lot heavier, you know, like this guar stuff, you know, like it, people, blood splurting everywhere, you know, 24. Yeah, I don't, we don't have a blood cannon, so I guess we're far from, you know, you know, li- living the life that guar does, so. Uh, <laughs> Next tour, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we're, we'll invest in, like, something, you know, a blood cannon or, a, you know, maybe just a squirt gun, I don't know. Squirt gun's a start. You know? Yeah. Um, now you have a new album uh, that just came out, Vendetta. Yes. Uh, what was the writing process for that? Um, 
Well, the writing process kind of took place over the course of you know the past couple of years. We had a lot of time where we didn't tour at all on um, on Haymaker, and we were kind of in limbo as far as what we were doing as a band. Um, but uh, I mean, we pulled it together. We, you know, got a, a lineup that was really dedicated and motivated to uh, to do this full time, to be on the road ten months out of year, you know, to take a few months out to record and write and everything. But yeah, I mean, we've been writing th throughout tour during our breaks and everything for the past couple of years. We had a lot of you know skeletons of songs, and then um, we came together uh, just in the winter. I think it was um, last January. I mean, it's it's a uh, I love recording, don't get me wrong, but it's way more fun getting out there and just, you know, it's like you don't stop in the middle of your set to play a part over because yeah. you screwed it up, you know? You, do it again. It's just, it's cool to play for people, and I mean, that's, you know, that's the big reason we do it. You know, if we wanted to just record and do music for ourselves, we would just stay in our garage and, you know what I mean, never tour, so. Yeah, I mean, this is what we do 10 months out of the year, like I said, so it's, uh, that's the big, the, the you know, that's what caps it all off for us. How did you get signed? What was that exactly? Yeah, I mean, the big part of it is just going out and just... A lot of people think that you're just going to, you know, write these great songs, and then write these great songs, and then people are just going to pick you up, and they're going to give you a million bucks or whatever, and it doesn't work that way. I don't know if it's ever worked that way, but if, if it did, it definitely doesn't anymore. And uh, especially in, you know, the hardcore and the metal world, it's like, you know, you're, uh, you'd be surprised, you know, what bands and what levels they're at are really still scraping by, you know? But, uh... Sometimes you get a break though. You hear you hear about like Wicked Wisdom on Ozfest. I listen to some of that. Garbage. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a break. As Jada Pinkett, she she's already had her big break, so that that sounds more like a favor than anything to me. Maybe I'm wrong, but now you guys are. You find that there's a big metal scene out there? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge scene for heavy music in Orange County. I mean, the, the hardcore scene's grown exponentially since you know we started our band eight years ago, and uh, you know we've been playing out with a lot of different kinds of tours everything from Lamb of God to you know we've taken Terror out on other tours um, doing a tour like this different festivals things like that so uh, we've got out to a lot of kids so you know we have you know metal kids and punk rock kids and hardcore kids and just kids coming out to the shows you know just to, to you know be a part of it and whatever and it's cool I mean I'm stoked that it's like you're not showing everybody looks the same and it's not all cookie cutter because that's boring, you know what I mean? Yeah. No no band out there, I don't care what anybody says or what any of the fans think, nobody wants you know, all their fans to be the same, you know there's what I mean? There's some characters out here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely, that's kind of what the cool thing about it, you know, it's like, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely some characters, <laughs> but uh, and that's what makes it exciting, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now you have the To Die For tour coming up that you guys are doing. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, um, we, uh, our, we've been buddies with the guys at Today for for a really long time. Um, they've been, you know, doing our, you know, helping us with merchandise, doing designs, and uh, great artists down there, good friends. So, um, yeah, I know we put our heads together and we figured it would it would help us both out to, um, you know, promote Today for and promote Brown together. So uh, we threw that thing together, and um, uh, I don't. Know, I think it's going to be really cool. It's a first time thing for them doing a sponsor tour. It's a first thing for us um, having you know, an outside uh, party, you know, um, come in and, and sponsor a headlining tour for us. So I think it'll be cool. And if nothing else, it's just cool to just, I mean, do something with your friends, you know what I mean? Like, we've always helped each other out since the beginning. So it, it's cool to be at this level now and doing it, you know. And what do you see for the future of Jordan? Um, touring, I guess. Uh, we're, um, yeah, we're going to head out, you know, all next year, all this year. And, yeah, just nonstop. And we're going to, you know, be out on the road, um, 
that's what I4 Tour is doing a lot of smaller cities that we you know don't always get to hit on some of the bigger runs so uh, I mean yeah we'll try and play anywhere everywhere we can you know we really want to go to Iceland sometime soon nice and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do that we'll stop there before we go to the UK uh, maybe next time so uh, yeah man just uh, hanging out eating Denny's uh, I don't know you know all right, thanks, Dave. Thanks for doing the interview Thank with Concert Pipeline today. What's up? This is Dave from Throwdown. We're, uh, you're watching Concert Pipeline. We're at the Sounds of the Underground tour. I'm um, sitting perched like a gargoyle on this very pensive um, rock setting, and uh, we're having a good time, so enjoy the show. All right, next I'm actually going to include a, a review that I did back in uh, 2005 also of the Sounds of the Underground tour. Um, normally I'd cut this part out, but I, I thought this was a fun one. So uh, so here's my take on uh, some of the bands that uh, played at Sounds of the Underground and their, and their performance. Metal fans from around the Bay came out early for the pre-Ozfest metal show Sounds of the Underground. If you're going to get me up early, you're going to pay, Des Favar, the lead singer of Devil Driver, the opening band, exclaimed, and pay they did, if not by the uh, scorching heat, then by, definitely by the uh, circle pit that encompassed the concert. While many tours fall through because of low ticket sales, that didn't stop this show from blowing the non-existent roof off the stage. The Rowdown brought a new meaning to heavy metal music when they forced the crowd to unite. This song featured a guest appearance from Willie from Lamb of God as the crowd raised their fists in unison to the goal of gro- going crazy without letting their fellow metalhead fall. Every Time I Die took the stage next, full of attitude, spunk, and charisma as the young band revamped their show since last year's OzFest. This New York band proved that living life on the road can bring out a band's confidence. While Norma Jean has been growing over the past year, their crowd at the show didn't. Aside from the number of metalheads at the front, the crowd remained motionless despite the band's active stage show, which include flailing around and swinging mic stands toward the crowd. The drummer kept the crowd awake, though, as his years of experience pulled through. Metal at its finest came when strapping young lad, whom are neither strapping nor young, took the stage. At points, this band resembled a cross between Bono from U2, Guns N' Roses, and the Distillers. Welcome to Sounds of My Underpants, the lead singer Devin Townsend proclaimed. It was obvious that these mundane metal old-timers didn't know where they were, as Townsend welcomed the crowd by saying, Southern California, we're gonna rape your asses. So Cal, eh? Words cannot describe the performance that Guar put on when they barred the stage. After entering the photo pit, security and media alike were given rain ponchos. This alone should describe the show we were about to see. A group of monsters entered bearing guitars, drumsticks, and a microphone as their weapons. There was no sleeping through Guar as demons doused the crowd in blood using blood launchers. Without a doubt, the most active performance of the day, Guar proved that stage presence at a concert is just as important as the live show. Unearth's amazing live show proved how they have grown as a band. The group's guitarist put the mayhem into metal as the crowd couldn't hold back from expressing their joy formed by yet another circle pit. It is clear that this band used 2004's OzFest as a platform for what was to come. Total and utter insanity. The crowd was geared up for the entrance of Lamb of God, though many of the fans had been at the show for over 10 hours. Lamb of God rejuvenated the crowd with energy, though, and proved that it was well worth the wait. Diving right into a metal frenzy, the band earned their keep as the show's headliners. While the band lacked the blood cannons and swords that Guar bared, they made up for it in overall performance. After a small break from their tour with Slipknot, Lamb of God showed that their diligent work preparing for a headlining role paid off. Fans were able to leave the show content 
spent knowing that their money was well spent on a show that they would remember for a long time. Okay, so next up is going to uh, come my interview with Randy Blith from Lamb of God, okay? And I've talked about this interview a little bit in the past um, on a previous episode of Concert Pipeline um, and uh, and really Lamb of God and where they're at. Uh, their drummer currently wants to be the first band to play in space. Um, doesn't know how he's going to play drums in space, but he'll figure that out when he gets there sort of thing. Uh, Randy Blith um, recently in the past couple of years... Um, um, escaped manslaughter charges um, for uh, shoving uh, a fan in the Czech Republic, um, off, a 19-year-old fan uh, off the stage that um, inflicted fatal wounds on him. Um, and so there's a big, a, a lot of controversy with that. Um, and, and he did a little bit of time, but he didn't get, um, he ultimately got a, got out, got away with it, right? Um, he's got some anger in his life. And we'll just uh, um, start it with that, really. Um, this was the second year that I've interviewed uh, Randy Blith, um, this interview you're about to hear. Um, and so I, this was the interview during the Sounds of the Underground tour. The previous year, I interviewed him at OzFest, um, actually in the exact same location um, at Shoreline Amphitheater. It was by pure luck that um, I got to interview him again. I had the interview scheduled with the band, but I was supposed to interview two other members of the band uh, that they couldn't find. They, like the tour manager couldn't even find them. Um, the interview was supposed to be on the band's tour bus, um, but they couldn't find those members. So we actually got Randy and brought him outside the venue, which is the, at the back of the venue, um, and uh, to this rock uh, where we did the interview, um, which Dave from Throwdown did the inter- interview at the same location with him. But I interviewed Randy Blith the year before on that same exact rock. Actually, it was my friend Hiro that, that did the interview, but we, we did it together, right? It was, uh, it was our interview, so... Um, so they, what's memorable about his interviews, um, and, um, and he'll kind of talk about it a little bit because he remembered the interview from the year before, which for a band, especially like this, I mean, doing a lot of press over the the year, um, and having a lot of experiences, I mean, one interview isn't necessarily always going to stick out, but I knew that this interview would stick out to Randy because of, uh, I mean, his anger and frustration from the year before. Um, toward his then girlfriend um, who had played just played a prank on him that his uh, friend had uh, from back east in like New Jersey or something had um, had fallen off the top of a house and um, and broke his arm um, and was in the hospital and he's meanwhile on the other side of the country playing you know touring and he can't get away from it right he has these shows he has to be at so He's not too much of a fan of this type of practical joke. Um, he had some choice words for her um, on that previous interview uh, that I did. And, and you'll get a sense of it a little bit in, in this interview that's, uh, that's to come. Uh, but that's just kind of the, the feeling of Randy here um, and what, uh, where he was at at that point in time. So, um, I mean, you know, more power, hopefully he's doing all right now. He's getting by, you know, I mean, at this point, the point in this interview, he thought Lamb of God would only be around for about five more years. Um, that was kind of his prediction at the, the time, and he'd uh, settled down a little bit, but they um, went on, you know, and now it's just about 10 years later almost, and they're uh, they're still going strong after, you know, these incidents that have uh, kind of come up in, in Randy's life, so... Um, without further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it. Um, here's the interview with Randy Blith from Lamb of God. 
I'm Steve Jones here from Concert Pipeline. Uh, here with Randy from Lamb of God. How you doing today? I'm all right, man. How you doing? All right, all right. Now we were just talking right before this interview. This rock brings, brings back memories here, doesn't it? Yeah, I did an interview here uh, last year with you on Ozfest, yeah. and uh, it's a pretty heated interview. My lovely wife to be had angered me quite a bit by playing a stupid joke on me. One dude who's a bass player in my my other band, which is now completely dissolved because I'm over it, uh, called me earlier and said that a good friend of mine, a good friend of mine from back home, like, uh, had fallen off a three-story roof and they didn't know whether he's paralyzed or fucked up or what, you know. So I'm upset, you know. I'm 3,000 fucking miles from home. I call my girlfriend, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna go see him in the hospital and all this shit. Uh, a little while ago, you know, I get all upset, make a bunch of calls. A little while ago, I get a call, ha ha, it was a joke. Stupid fuck of a girlfriend was in on it, and I don't think she's gonna be my girlfriend any, any much longer. So if bitch, you see this, fuck you, you know what I mean? So, I'm angry right now. You don't fuck with people, you know what I mean? You just don't fuck with people that way, so fuck them you all and now we can consider on with continue on with the interview I got it out sorry I eventually forgave her although she suffered for it for a while yeah. she's a good girl I love you honey yeah, that was, that was but damn pretty, it <laughs> you pissed me off that was a pretty heavy interview and uh, actually this one lady called the FCC on our TV show which is pretty funny uh, about that interview oh really I, I saved that interview till the last episode of stage right that TV show because because I knew that I'd be getting calls, you know, about it. So uh, I was like, hey, go out with a bang, huh? Yeah, there you go, man. I'm glad you got some uh, attention out of it, you know? Fuck them. Any attention is good attention, right? Yeah, 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 man. Exactly, exactly. Now, out here on the Sounds of the Underground tour, this is basically your tour, your headlining, you know? I mean, you've had a good year. Yeah, I wouldn't call it my tour or our tour. I'd, I'd call it our tour, being the 19 bands that are all here, because we're friends with every single band on this tour, you know? The few that we didn't already know, we've gotten to know, and it's it's been a really good time. You know, it's very mellow, you know, dysfunctional family vibe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Definitely. good times. Now, what are some of the uh, biggest, you know, the bands that you like to come out and see here on the uh, Sounds of the Underground? When do you have a chance? Well, we we all we always like to see Guar. Um, they're good friends of ours. Um, like to watch Clutch. Um, I never, almost never get to see him because I'm usually signing then, but I love listening to Devin's comments during strapping because he says the most retarded things ever. Um, I really like watching High on Fire, you know, Matt Pike, he's my boy, you know, we're hanging out today, you know, it's, it's it really anyone at any point in time, it's like you can just go up and see a good band, A Life Once Lost, Devil Driver, any of those guys, I love them all, you know. Yeah, as I said, it's been a big year for me from last year uh, doing, playing second stage on OzFest to now you had a tour with Slipknot. How did that go? Um, it was good, man. It was just really long. It was nine and a half weeks long and pretty brutal. But, you know, we're friends with them and we had Shadows Fall with us who we've known for a long time. So that made it a little bit easier. But it's a great tour, you know. And uh, Or you could, as Martin, their guitar tech, put it, you could describe it as being punched in the cock repeatedly until you pass out, so. Hey, whatever works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you have Philadelphia is uh, your uh, concert documentary you just released like a couple weeks ago, right? How did you put all that footage together, like decide what to use? Well, 
Dougie, come here. This, this is the guy who did Philadelphia. This is uh, Doug Spangleberg. Doug, how you doing? Pretty good. <laughs> and uh, I don't like to step out from under the, you know, oh. behind the camera. He doesn't Always like rolling. to, but since he's ruining my life with his film skills, I thought <laughs> I'd put him on camera once. Uh, Definitely. He's been hanging out, pimping, signing autographs all day. Oh, yeah. nice. Sure. But as far as like what scenes to cut and so forth, we had pretty in-depth, you know, conversations with him and like viewing and so forth. And he never turns the fucking camera off. Look, you guys are having a, like a standoff. Here, like, you know. <laughs> oh man, who's, who's going to last? Oh man, Trisha went. <laughs> but that's that's the guy who controls everything. So you, you taped a lot of the footage. You you know you followed the band around on tour. Yeah, all the footage and. Followed them around for a month and uh, two weeks in the U.S. and two weeks in uh, the U.K. Oh, it's nice. good times. Nice, nice. Cool, cool. And straight edge. Oh, well, and yeah. I'm straight edge. Promise Andy's straight edge. I don't know how he survived. Oh, yeah, sores on the inside of my nose from all the smoke. Probably, cool. see, probably see a lot of stuff you can't use on the documentary. Huh? No, we used it all. Just about everything. There's hooker footage. There's uh, <laughs> fight footage. It's all there. Oh man. Yeah. There's nothing that we didn't that, take. That we. I mean, there's stuff we took out, but. Yeah. Not holding back, no. huh? No, we didn't. You know, we didn't take out anything that was objectionable, except there was some stuff like ringtones we couldn't put in for, other, for uh, yeah, yeah, for clearances. But that's about <laughs> it. Yeah, that's not important. That's the only thing we cut. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty it's cool. 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 All right. Well, bye, doggy. Bye, bye dog. <laughs> we love doggy. Even though he ruins my life daily with his camera. Uh, can't complain, though, huh? Well, no, you have ashes of the week. You're new off now. Yeah, I, I heard that it's you know it's really rocking. It's awesome, you know. How did, how did you progress from that from uh, from your last album? Well, just because we've been playing together, you know, for ten years, each record it gets a little bit I think easier to write, a little bit more of an organic process because the guys as players become closer, you know. So it's almost like they have like a musical language they can speak to each other, so you don't have to think so much about what you're gonna do, you know. It just kind of happens. And you just get tighter as well, you know, obviously, after playing forever. Yeah, is it pretty difficult to live with the same small group of people on the road, you know, constantly, you know, probably getting each other's hair? Um, the culmination of, uh, you know, the DVD, there is, that was a rough time for us. You know, we took a few months off. The Slipknot tour, it got kind of, got spread a little bit thin. Uh, we just did Europe before this again, and uh, and this tour. I mean, it's it's actually been pretty mellow because you know you have to learn how to let go of like things that annoy you about other people. But yeah, it, it sucks sometimes. <laughs> you can be living with them, you know, no matter what. So yeah, you're you know, little things get on your nerves. You're like, oh, I hate the way you tie your shoes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Man. like. You know, just any time, you know, I don't like the way you breathe. You don't want to be one of those bands that, you know, just doesn't talk at all, you know. No, we wouldn't do that because it's too much fun fighting. Oh, yeah. Now, now you, you used to be Burn the Priest. Uh, what made the change to Lamb of God? Well, I realized that I was Jesus Christ. Oh, well, of course, that would transition right there. Uh. There you go. Wow. <laughs> all right. Um, Come to me, my children. Indeed, Jesus. That's right. <laughs> my you my lord. My son. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. You're bl- you're banned from playing in uh, in L.A. That's that was big. You know uh, that you were banned from playing with that show with Slipknot, which we talked about earlier. That tour, um, be- because of a church group. What you know? What kind of action does that take? How do you that make you feel? 
It was great, man. We, you know, the first problem was that it was a Christian church and they didn't realize that I was Jesus Christ. And that's a big, that's a big problem that they don't know that I'm the savior and that I died for your sins once. And now I'm coming back to kill you for your sins. Um, the other thing is, man, it was great, man. CNN interviewed us. Uh, there's nothing but press, nothing, nothing but record sales. So it's cool. This one show get a lot of press out of it. You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and we had a great show with a uh, Fireball Ministry and Pomona, you know, and SoCal, and it's a good time. A little bit more relaxed. Well, uh, a lot of unsigned bands, you know, have trouble getting their start, and you know, have uh, you know, they want to know how did you get to where you are now. Is it the uh, the recording of albums? Is it the touring? Is it who you know? All the above. Well, you made it. there's one thing you first you, you first of all you got to know. The first secret to being a successful band is that you can't suck. If you're a band and you suck, just stop, quit, go get a job at McDonald's, become a lawyer, do something. Don't try and be a band because if you suck, you know. It's just not going to be cool in our community. You have to be good. Um, the other thing is, man, is just prepare to suffer for a long, long time, man. And we've been doing this 10 years. Most of us had full-time jobs the whole time. You know, come off tour, in debt. You know, I've come off tour and had nowhere to live before. You know, it sucks, you know. So if you really want to do it, man, be good. Practice, 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 practice until you hate practicing and be prepared to suck it up, you know? Just be prepared to suck it up because nobody's going to hand you a tour bus on a silver platter. It's just not the way it works. Now, uh, do you have some stories from the road? You know, you've done three quarters of the tour. You know, you have a couple days. It's winding down. Um, what are, you know, some stories from the road that, uh, you know, everybody who was videotaping before might have come? Last night was pretty cool. Um, we played in, in Los Angeles. Kids in Los Angeles, you know, I love you. You guys are great, but I hate Los Angeles. I wouldn't care if it exploded and fell into the ocean. It's a shithole, and uh, it should be illegal. Los Angeles should be illegal, I think. They should explode it right now. So after our first song, I was like, burn Los Angeles, burn. The kids lit this big bonfire in the pit. Oh man! The security came out, put it out, and then they lit it again. It was it was pretty tight, man. You know, you know. Um, good shows in LA. I just I can't stand the whole industry aspect of it, man. You know. It'd be nice if you just able just be able to play and you know have that. Right? Yeah, man. The industry aspect of it sucks. Most people that work in the industry are just shit. They're waste of skin, dude. They shouldn't be breathing our air. Um, they just, I don't know, they're self-serving, you know, egotistical assholes. Um, but it was cool, man, to see the kids in Los Angeles last night starting a little bit of a ruckus, you know? Because rock and roll needs to be dangerous again, you know? It does, and it hasn't been for a while. I mean, you got fucking Limp Biscuit. Uh, what the fuck is that, <laughs> you know? That's bad, that's just bad. Yeah, yeah. They're representing, you know, rock and roll. But. It's terrible. He should be smacked with a two by four repeatedly until he's unconscious. Uh, uh, what do you see for your future? Future of Lamb of God. Uh, I think we'll kick it for a few more years, make a couple more records, just tour relentlessly, and then I'm gonna go to the beach with my wife and live on a boat and write a book and and not talk to anyone. You know, just be mellow. 
to do it, you know? Do it while you can, you know? Don't stay too long. Some men stay too long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, get, you know, get in, swing, connect, get out, you know? That's what you should do, and that way you leave a mark. Stick around too long, you invariably almost always start sucking, you know? And so we don't want to suck, you know? And we don't want to be burned out and beaten down, you know? And, 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 and cater to the industry assholes who want a record hit. Fuck them, you know? So... Hopefully, you know, I'll do this for, you know, three, five more years. Then I'm out. Later. You know. Be an old grumpy man. <laughs> In three to five years? Well, I'm already an old grumpy man, you know, but uh, just be one that isn't doing this. <laughs> That's just sitting there doing nothing. It'll be awesome. Awesome. All right, Randy, well, thank you for doing the interview today with Concert Pipeline. Thank you, and... Uh, I'm glad we could come back here to The Rock to kick it one more time, my man. Relive some memories. and. <laughs> exactly. All right, thanks for watching Concert Pipeline. Hey, what's up? This is Randy from Lamb of God, and you're watching the Concert Pipeline. All right. All right. Well, that was, as I said, a fun, memorable uh, episode for me anyway. Um, so thank you for tuning into Concert Pipeline tonight. I, I appreciate it. Um, again, if you haven't already, follow Concert Pipeline on Twitter, at Concert Pipeline. Uh, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash concert pipeline pod. Um, we have a little while right now where we don't have any interviews scheduled for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to keep uh, bringing up the classic episodes of concert pipeline. Uh, the goal is to have uh, the Andrew McMahon episode by uh, next week. So hopefully that's what you'll be hearing. Cause that one's, like I said, is really a special one to me. And I, I you know, I'm not going to spoil it as to, you know, the details of why really right now. Um, hopefully I'll be able to get into that a little bit deeper with uh joe um when he's uh when we're able to meet up and, and do some recording to for that episode so uh, again um good shows coming up uh some other exciting stuff in the works that hasn't really been solidified yet so i'm not really gonna uh hype it but and at this point it looks like we're, we're going to be covering bottle rock doing those uh interviews from the festival in napa um you know, probably going to be doing um, Live 105's BFD Festival uh, when the bands get announced. I'll be looking into um, setting up some interviews there, um, and much more fun as we uh, get into the summer and a lot of the summer shows and festivals and uh, that sort of thing. So, uh, thanks for tuning in to Concert Pipeline, and uh, tune in next time. <laughs> <laughs>